Hey everybody, this is Denisha. I'm here with Justin. We're the Bonners and welcome to Focus on Me. Hi everybody. So today we're gonna be talking about relationship goals. Now you can't really get on any social media platform without seeing something that says hashtag relationship goals, right? It's almost sickening because it's like that's the gold standard for what relationships are supposed to be like. And I don't know about you, but some of them I look at them and I see relationship goals and I think like if that's the goal, um, (laughs) I don't want it. Now, I also have to be fair that a lot of times, like when we put up pictures and things like that, people will say like hashtag relationship goals. And that feels like a lot of pressure sometimes. What do you think? It, it can be pressure, but what I wonder is what what goal do they actually see when they when they say that in our pictures? I mean, are, are they saying they want to be thick and delicious and oh and sexy? Uh, like, you know, like, <laughs> like, like, like you are to, to, to my swole? Like, no, that's they not saying, what they're are saying. Are they saying that? <laughs> are they saying they want to be in a loving relationship? Are they saying, mm-hmm. like, what are you saying? Like, I, I mean, because most of them are not actually in events like in, in in the middle in the midst of events doing now sometimes we are sometimes we are at events but sometimes we're just outside taking pictures I mean outside of church you know yeah. outside the house you know whatever you know, you know one of our best friends and sisters Malika used to always say people got relationship goals that don't have nothing to do with relationships. relationships. Oh, you mean like them Pilates, like seeing them some people doing Pilates on top of each other? What? I seen one of them relationship goals and they was doing these flips on top of each oh. other. Oh. And I was like, I don't know how in the I was world like, you talking about goat yoga or something? Like, goat, I don't know. They was about? like Pilating on top of each other. I don't know how that was even possible. So. Yeah. So basically like people were seeing them do some exercises like, like, like yeah, yeah, they, that was some, they that look like monkey bars and I was well, trying to find what was happening with yeah, that. Yeah, we probably won't ever. be no monkey bars meet that relationship goal. No. But, you know, I think the whole thing, right, let's pause for a minute and talk about, like, relationship goals that have nothing to do with relationships. Mm-hmm. When I think about that, I think about, like, unfulfilled places in people's lives that they think having a relationship is going to make up for. So, for example, like, if you were a kid or the kid in, in the school who maybe was not as popular or didn't have a lot of dates, didn't get to go with you know, to prom or, you know, didn't get to go to prom with the person that you wanted to go with in your adult life, if that thing is not resolved, that you still want to prove to everybody that you could <laughs> do it. Like you, if you were the ugly duckling and I'm not calling anybody ugly, but essentially if you are maybe less fortunate looking. <laughs> exotic. That's what, that's what, that's what my sister says. But if you didn't have something in your earlier years of life, right. I think those relationship goals are to prove to people that they missed out or if you had a heartbreak or somebody walked away from you and you know when you get another mate to tell them like see i can have it i can do that and i think that's what when we talk about relationship goals that have nothing to do with relationships that sounds more like you need to do some personal work absolutely some reflection because i mean don't get me wrong i i am guilty of being one one of the fellas that will purposely stunt Yes. After, after I know someone did me wrong or I know somebody yes. didn't appreciate me. And I think that was part of me just being like, I know who I am. Mm-hmm. I know what I deserve and I know what I didn't deserve and how I didn't deserve to be treated. So mm-hmm. I think 
that? I think that that is even in a whole nother lane or area than you know. Well, I don't know, Bunny. Let's no, I think I, mean, I do think it, I'm not saying it's not in the. I think it's in the in the same state, mm-hmm. but just <laughs> a different city, city. <laughs> right? Different city, same okay. state. I definitely because because again because some people some sometimes that's motivation. Sometimes motivation to help you move past, and that's how some people have to heal. They have to stunt a little bit because part of it is for their own self-esteem, mm-hmm. and part of it is for that for, for for that last one or that person before or that person that wanted to hide you or whatever that person who who, who wasn't doing right by you is for that person to see. Sometimes sometimes that is for that. So is that relate? Is that? about the relationship or it's about no, the person? No, and that's what I'm saying. That has okay. nothing to do with the relationship. That's all about the person it's themselves. I think if you want to make it about the relationship, I say, I mean, if you <laughs> you can stunt and still make it a relationship goal. Like, you know, here's a perfect example. That devil's corona and killed it. But, I mean, perfect example was I've always wanted to go to WrestleMania with my mate. This year would have been the year I was going to actually get to go. But corona came by and did some retarded things. And we we are here now. So, that is not a, a relationship goal that has nothing to do with the relationship. And I'm just stunting. That's a relationship goal, period. Correct. And then... I'm able to stunt, stunt in a sense of I'm just happy that I can actually do this thing. Right. And it, you know, and it's not even and this. It wouldn't even be nothing to throw shade or shine towards anybody or against anybody. It's like yo, WrestleMania, like yes, 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 like oh, you know, something like that's totally different than you know, you just throwing shade because right. of your own insecurities. Right. Going back to the heart about people saying like relationship goals, I think sometimes I can recall hearing it is when people see us dressed like, they're like, oh man, y'all are couple goals, y'all are relationship goals. And you know, the funny part I laugh is because half the time we were dressed alike because that was the color that the worship team was wearing. Like it wasn't yeah. something that we were just trying to do mm-hmm. to match. It was like the church was wearing well, black what, and white what, and blue what you, today. What you gotta like, remember is though, before, even before we joined the church, we were doing that. So I think people started looking at that and then went from there and kind of like sunk it into, into everything else. But if you go further back though, to like, um, YLC, we were known. People was walking up to us, talking about the the, the couple, you know, and did, you know because they saw us. They didn't necessarily. Know, they might not have known who we were, but they saw us, and we were putting that little match together, you know. And it was cool. I, I mean, I enjoy that stuff because you, you know do. I get it from my mama in colors and and, and and fashion and clothes. She was the best, so it's natural. So, like, we, I was doing some reading and I found this article on 28 relationship goals or 28 things that you should look for in a relationship to make it like an ideal relationship. So, I want to talk about a couple of these things. Tell me what you think about them. So, the first one that I want to talk about says that, like, it's a relationship goal for you and your spouse to be best friends. What do you think about that? And let me throw in a little monkey wrench here. What do you think about couples having best friends that are of the opposite sex? Because, you know, we got a lot of listeners. (laughs) Okay, so, well, well, I'll first say this. Um, I think it's very important to, once you are in that type of relationship, well, once you are married, I'll say I'll, I'll use that specifically. I'm not going to use a regular relationship because sadly enough relationship coming up. And unless you have made that official and full commitment of marriage, then I don't think you're required to do much of nothing. But after you have done that, 
uh, I definitely do feel it's important that you make sure that your mate feels and not just it are only in words as your best friend. Um, I, I Because you can say, oh yeah, yeah, she's my best friend, yeah, my wife's my best friend, or you know, he's my husband's my best friend. But if you, but if that's not shown, mm-hmm. if that's not like you're not giving perfect examples, you're not giving examples of that. You're not actually doing it. Then that kind of changes the narrative. Um, now the flip side of that is, I definitely believe you're gonna have you're gonna have another close friend. You're gonna have another. I I think best friend is is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think any real best friend is going to fall back and know that, okay, if they're married, your spouse is your best friend. It is, is, is top dog, you know. Automatically? They should. I said a real, I said a real best friend. Right. A I real best like friend should. Should automatically without being told. And, I'm, and, I, and, I, and I will tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. No, let me make sure I follow you. A real best friend should know that that person, like that when they they're do- best so, well, I got married. I'll give you a perfect example. I got married. My best friend is a female, okay? She knew going in that, hey, you're my best friend, but this is my wife, and you now fall back. You take you take seats backwards from that. I didn't have to say that. It was known. Okay. You know what I mean? I, I, I think that, that I think it's different. It's different to me when I think it don't, it's going to be different, and it can cause a problem if that best friend still feels like, they have precedence over the spouse. So, two things here. One is, should your wife or husband be your best friend? And then the other part is, should a husband or wife have a best friend that's of the opposite sex? So, let's talk through both of those. But let me ask, go back to the first one. Do you think that automatically, when you get married, that your wife or your husband becomes like your best friend? I don't think automatically it happens. Okay. I just, just in my opinion, I feel like you actually, just like you and your best friend worked to get there, I think you and your spouse to, should do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And you should actually have to actually put forth the effort. Mm-hmm. Because you can say, oh yeah, I'm doing it, I, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, and not be doing it. Really. So you got that same energy and that same effort you put towards you and your best friend prior to marriage should be that same energy that you, and uh, same energy that you put towards, you know, your wife. Or your husband, whichever, whichever it is. So, with that in mind, if... And I know some people have been together for a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. So, even us, like, we've known each other for 25 years, but we weren't super sickly tight like that, right? You know? Right. I mean, we, we were each, close, though. Right, I'm we saying were we were close, close, and we knew each other very well, but not... Say, for example, so, like, my best friend, like, we have been best friends since, like, 2001. Mm-hmm. Like at a long, so 19 years, right? And other friends that I've been very, very close to, like we were operating at a daily, all the time togetherness, right? right? So since, and there are some couples who that's their existence, right? And so I just think it's important for uh, going back to our last episode about expectations. Is it an expectation that your spouse has to instantly be in the place of that best friend now i totally agree that the current best friend pays homage to whoever Mm -hmm. the new you know spouse or significant other is however what happens when the merging of best friends has not totally 
nailed it yet because maybe you and your spouse have only been together three or four years and this person has been best friends with this person since kindergarten. It takes work though. It takes work, right? So now let's translate that to the other piece. What happens when in the process of husband and wife becoming best friends and that person who has another best friend, particularly of an opposite sex and that person is their go-to or their close person like Mm -hmm. what do you think about that or how do couples navigate that piece because you know i remember telling you from the beginning like yeah i'm not cool with you know opposite sex best friends Mm -hmm. and if you don't know why go back to episode one you'll (laughs) hear which absolutely has nothing to do with my my current best friends let's let's but i'm just saying (laughs) let's clarify because of that experience Um, it impacted my expectation right experience impacts that Mm -hmm. experience impacts so you know when it came to like "Mm, i don't know i'm not feeling this whole female Mm -hmm. best friend piece like how do couples or how do people draw the line or create boundaries between so yes this person so, for example, if I had a best friend, I'll just throw out a Bob. If me and Bob have been best friends for 20 years, we've been married for six months. And while maybe me and you are not as close as me and Bob, how do couples draw the line between where I go to process with Bob because he's my best friend while working on you and I becoming best friends? So I think what we, what we said earlier about taking energy at work. Mm-hmm. And now, I guess I'll kind of say changing lanes mm-hmm. and working towards letting that first go to be the spouse versus mm-hmm. being Bob. Mm-hmm. Or versus Because it's real easy to just go, oh, let me, let me call Bob real quick because Bob. But mm-hmm. it's also could be more problematic in the end. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it takes wisdom, mm-hmm. um, being smart about things and making that conscious effort to say, you know what, I want to call Bob. You know what? Let me talk to uh-huh. my spouse first uh-huh. because you can always call Bob later. Uh-huh. But if you talk to, or maybe you might not even know, need to talk to Bob about it at all. Honestly, uh-huh. that's the other thing. I you might not need to that. talk about because what sometimes what can happen is when you do go straight to the spouse, you might already get the resolution and everything might be done and over with. Uh-huh. You know, it might not be something that you need to talk to the best friend about. Uh-huh. And once you come to the resolve anyway. Because if if you have that relationship with, with your best friend, you guys might talk about it in conversation, in conversation, but it's done and over with. So it's just regular conversation, like, "Hey, you girl, how you know? How, you know how's this going on? How's everything?" And y'all are just talking. Versus, I need to talk to you about this to get a solution mm-hmm. because this is what's happening now. The other thing, which I think is very important to highlight, is this: what needs to happen while, let's just say, if I am coming to you to do the work, you have to be open and accepting to me doing that work. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not open and accepting to me doing the work to try to bring you in as my best friend, as my safe place, which is what you should be, mm-hmm. and as that the, the number one top dog here, mm-hmm. if you don't allow me the safe space and allow and embrace me with that, mm-hmm. that's gonna push me backwards. Wait, it hold can. On. It can. So it's, it's it's the spouse's responsibility to to embrace, basically. to embrace. Because that's because I don't and, and I don't think that that's happens, hard. If I that, don't think that's hard to do. So if that doesn't happen, then the when you said it can push you back to the best friend. Yes, in conversation, I'm talking about. Right, but couldn't you find? So for example, like 
because one of the things that's playing through my head is the movie Brown Sugar, no, um, <laughs> where you know Tay Diggs and Sinead Lathan were best friends, and even his wife, uh, I forget what her name was, but Nicole R. E. Parker, mm-hmm. like when he goes, he quits his job, he goes to talk to Sydney. Mm-hmm. And then when he comes home, he tells her, like, oh, you know, I quit my job. And she's like, well, I'll call some money people. And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. She's going to give me some money. Right. And she got all upset. Right. To me, rightfully so. No, I agree. About, and she's like, you went and talked to her before you talked to me. Right. That's but that's this. why you, sh- but this is the reason why I said the first place. So if I come. I agree. If I come first. But my question is, though, if you come first and you don't get it from me, that means you get to automatically go to. The not automatically. I'm not gonna say automatically. I think after several attempts, mm-hmm. I think what, what what the so so if I'm coming to you and I'm coming to you and I'm coming to you and just every time I come to you, you just shoot me down. All I'm trying to do is talk. Mm-hmm. Either I'm gonna keep being frustrated or I'm gonna talk to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Now I, I can because that, that, and I, can, I think um, that's that's more of what I'm getting at. That yeah, you have that if that if if you don't allow that space to be open for me to come to you mm-hmm. and if you keep pushing me away or you're or or i'm just talking and you ain't listening mm-hmm. or i'm just talking and I, I and it's visible that you're not paying attention i need i need somebody to bounce it off of. even if it's not the best friend even if it's somebody else and that- i think that's an important piece to talk about right Mm-hmm. Because while I get that that person is a best friend, are they the best person to be talking to about the problem? And it depends on the problem too. Correct. On Definitely depends on the issue because if, because I feel like certain things maybe in the past or though in a different setting you would have talked to uh, your best friend about anything. And you, I mean you can you're capable you're, you, because you have that comfortability. I think depending on the situation will depend on if it's a need to go to that person because it's kind of like in anybody who's in your circle or anybody who's in your friends list so people was talking about the myspace before um any of those people they're in that they are connected to you for a reason so each one of them offers something different so where generally that best friend may be something you could maybe that person to go to they may not be the right person for this particular situation. So maybe right. I'll go so 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 maybe I'll pull up that that top friends list mm-hmm. and I have to go to someone who's more knowledgeable about mm-hmm. what I'm dealing with or who could give me better and or wiser counsel mm-hmm. so I can handle the situation accordingly. Yeah. I think that that's important because I, especially if your spouse or significant other has identified that they are uncomfortable with the level of relationship that, that you have with your best friend, especially mm-hmm. if it is of an opposite sex, right. making sure because like I don't really have that problem because most of the people I consider best friends and I don't have one best friend, I have multiple, are females. So I don't have to cross those boundaries of gender there right. but even in my relationships with people that i am close to who are of the opposite sex i still have to really walk the line of boundaries around what is and i think you have to have boundaries with all your relationships right, absolutely because even with my female best friends i'm not going to tell them you know certain things because it would be disrespectful to you or would right. not would impact the safety that we have within our relationship but also i know to talk to this male about this thing in our relationship is absolutely going to be disrespectful right so make just because we are very close this might be one of my best friends maybe is not the best person to talk to about this scenario right 
because of what it could possibly do to the credibility of your spouse or your mate or your relationship for that matter or your relationship because i'm gonna be honest with you if you could come to me and can't and can't talk to your spouse about it and i'm, and I'm saying that as me being the that, friend me being the friend that's gonna make me question your relationship mm-hmm. and go question like you said earlier the spouse mm-hmm. why and why like why can't you talk about this because and, and and I think this is good for both uh, sides to know the you know the husband and the wife to know that you cannot keep you if you are doing it stop it now don't do stop doing it now upon listening to this <laughs> stop turning them away mm-hmm. stop turning her away stop turning him away because if he's trying to open up to you and trying to talk to you, if she's trying to open up to you and trying to talk to you and you keep turning them away, you are setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. And I think even especially, you know, through the years of having done marital counseling, I don't know the percent off the top of my head, but I would say 50% or better of the couples that I've counseled have had some level of infidelity. Mm-hmm. And I really do, which I know colors my opinion about like female, male right. best friends. I'm like, because I already know how this story <laughs> ends. And sometimes it happens, you know, infidelity happens even when there is no best friend. It's right. just whatever. But I do think it's important to look at what are some of the traps and what are some of the pitfalls that people fall into or, you know, are succumb to based on what makes their relationship not work out. And I'm not saying female or male best friends are the reason. But what I do know is, like, we talk about that relationship goal. Is it the relationship goal that there is the coming together to where that person, if you don't identify them as your best friend, but definitely identify them as a person that is as trustworthy as your best friend, is as safe as your mm-hmm. best friend, hears you like your best friend. Now, like one thing I appreciate about you is you will go to Sephora with me and you'll go to Mac with yeah, me and all that kind of stuff. But I've been in other relationships where they didn't. And I'm not mad at them for mm-hmm. that because that's just our differences. But I had my female best friends for those things, right? Or, right. you know, those moments where I can hang out with a sister girl around the thing that maybe you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And even with the WrestleMania thing, right? When I'm like, you can take your dad, you can take your brothers, like, you know, you right. can pick. It was your desire for me to go with you, and, and I would have totally gone. But just making sure that there is someone else that is safe that does not disrespect the relationship. Right. And what I think about the disrespect in the relationship is if your spouse or your significant other feels disrespected, that's all that matters. So I think a lot of times people will be like, well, you know, I don't know why she's mad. We're not doing nothing. I think if there's a challenge there, that's something that needs to be tended to to see why. And, yeah. and are you willing in a relationship to forego the thing that makes your spouse feel challenged? Now, I do agree. And mm-hmm. what I will also say is while tending to that, we need to make sure that it's not a personal issue versus it being a for real issue. Because what do you mean when you say so personal issue? Remember how you talked about how some experiences, previous experience, will mm-hmm. color things mm-hmm. moving forward. Mm-hmm. What I think needs to be established is you need to be able to tr- now you need to, you need to be able to trust first of all. And I think in trusting, listen, in trusting, in trusting, you know, your spouse or whatever. You need to make sure that it's not your past experiences that are the reasons why you're uncomfortable versus you being uncomfortable because you see something. Now, if you see though. something, like, like sometimes, listen, women have, women have oh, six senses. Oh, oh, we so, do. 
Go back to the first episode. Okay. We do. And, 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 let's, and, and, and some men have them too. Because Correct. some men can pick up stuff and see some things that are happening. You're right. So if, you know, if you see that certain things are ha- could have a potential to happen, I think that's different than you just having a bucket load of insecurities. But if you have the bucket load of insecurities, if you know, so if, if I knew that you had a bucket load of insecurities, don't you think that's my responsibility to help govern myself in a way that doesn't feed into those insecurities? Absolutely. And if you are doing that uh-huh. and are still getting that, that pushback and you're doing things, you have adjusted lifestyle, you have adjusted your friends list, so to speak. You've adjusted all of those things uh-huh. and are still getting that same pushback. Then that has nothing to do with this. This is now an issue that that person has need to deal with as well. So would you be willing to cut off the relationship that was problematic for this spouse? Depends. On? On the issue. Okay. The issue meaning the issue that they were having with like what... So like, let's talk about this. So what is it that you see or that you think or that you're feeling? I think based off of that and like we, we often you talk about, you know, like what do you, how do you feel? What do you see? What are you getting? And then what's true? Mm-hmm. Based off of those two things would, would determine... If I'm going to just cut somebody off. So, okay, we're going for the jugular. And I'm our, going for the jugular now. Our listening audience wants to know, if I asked you to end your relationship with your female best friend, would you? <laughs> I have. I need to know why you, why? I, like, I, like I just said, it would depend on the reasoning, what you see, so on and so forth. That would depend. I, I wouldn't just say, oh, yeah, I would do it. Cut it. Or be like, oh, no, I definitely wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. Because what if it was it w- just like, I just am totally uncomfortable with this relationship? I don't know. And I say that because I think being in other relationships where I did that mm-hmm. because of a person's insecurities mm-hmm. and still got the same treatment after not ha- So being an island to myself now. And still being treated as if I'm the person that's going around doing X, Y, and Z, wasn't doing nothing. Mm-hmm. That experience of knowing that you could end up on an island by yourself completely and still be by yourself mm-hmm. after all of that and still have nothing to show for it isn't a, isn't a good motivator to do the same thing again. So what would you advise a person who's listening to us? His wife feels or his significant other feels challenged by the relationship he has with his female best friend and she wants him to end it what would you tell her well the first thing I, I, the first thing that i think would be necessary is to look at what's real are you am i really spending much time who am i spending the most time with really who am i really giving my attention to who am i giving because sometimes i think that those are the things that color in that reasoning for why the spouse may want you to end this relationship with the person because Oh, you spent all night talking to them while you could be here talking to me. I think it's a very, it's very, very, uh, what's the word? Tightrope. Uh-huh. It's a tightrope tight issue. Some people think it's cut and dry, uh-huh. but I don't think it's as cut and dry as people think it is because every situation is a little different. I think <laughs> it, it would be necessary to really figure out what's going to be the most important at the time and figure out if the reasons are, and, and, and I, I'll probably get in trouble for saying this, but figure probably. out if the reasons are valid. 
So what are valid reasons? So like what I said, versus what how you feel versus what's true. So if, so if I feel example. this way, that's it's not, not true. true. Listen to what I'm saying. If you, so you for instance, mm-hmm. if you were to say, oh, I want you. I would look at you kind of crazy. Like, why? Like, I'm here with you all the time. Mm-hmm. You are getting, you get all my attention. I hardly have, I have minimal contact. Mm-hmm. Now, so why am I cutting this off? So that, that to me, I, I would question it because then I'd be wondering what's going on in your head mm-hmm. that would make you do that. And then I would say, and then for me, it would be like, okay, so if we're doing this, are you going to cut off this one that's close to you now? And if I say, yeah, then that makes us even. That seems logical. But again, I don't, to me, it's not a cut and drop. It's not just like A plus B will C. It's it, it's every situation's different. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be kind of like weighed accordingly. So, yeah, I think it's an important thing for people to have conversation about, especially in the dating phases and the engagement phases. That's very true, because one thing I, I tell people right off the top is that most of my friends are females. Mm-hmm. More, and most of and anybody and probably 85 percent of my male friends are family. Mm-hmm. So that fifth, that small 15 percent, there ain't a lot of them because I don't really hang out with a lot of people. So knowing stuff ahead of time, mm-hmm. you know, gives you the option because that's the other thing. If you know ahead of time that, okay, this is the dynamic and then you, then you get the man and try to flip the script on him and change the game. That's unfair. It is unfair, but I also think it has to be considered when, so for example, I think people do go into situations thinking, oh, I can handle this. But then maybe when they realize what they're actually dealing with, it feels different. Now, in our case, that's not the case, right? So, like, you know, I didn't get into a situation where I'm like, oh, this is different than what I signed on for. However, I think sometimes people do it. Going back to uh, Brown Sugar, when she's like, they're so close. And her fiance is like, yeah, how do you deal with it? Because Mm -hmm. they knew they were best friends, quote unquote. But the reality of what it looked like and felt like was not always, mm-hmm. um, you know, easy to navigate. So I think that while people can tell you what it is when you're in it, sometimes it feels a little bit harder to manage, which mm-hmm. might be the reason why a person would say like, yeah, I'm really not feeling this relationship. I'm not really feeling what y'all are. And if it's a relationship goal, if you know our little list that we didn't get all the way through is right, does that mean then that the person is willing to make a sacrifice or to make some adaptations to actually help the person navigate their experience? And honestly, I think that's really what it, what it comes to. I think I think adapting and mm-hmm. adjustments. I don't. I mean, unless there are just some blatant things. Mm-hmm. That are happening. I don't think relinquishing someone from your life that has been there for you is always the answer. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, pretty much making that making the number one number one is usually the answer. Mm-hmm. In most cases, not all. Some of them do need to be vanquished. Mm-hmm. Um, but in some cases, I think in, in most cases, like I said, everything is individual. It is you know, per, we go per case. You know, everything is a little different. For each situation, but I think in most cases, um, making the the adaptions are very are important. Yeah, and I think again, willingness is probably the key here. Yes. Like and like you said, making those you know you're gonna be my priority, and then making whatever changes that person needs. And like you said, sometimes people do need to do their own work around mm-hmm. what is 
real, actual, perceived, and also being mindful of while people are making or doing that personal growth work that you have grace for them in that moment. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you had a problem with my male best friend, but you were working on that, me doing what I need to do to honor. Because one of the things I always tell people is you made the covenant with your spouse. Right. You know, even if you and your best friend did best friends forever, pinky promise thing, <laughs> whatever, that's still not the same as right. the covenant of like marriage and whatnot. So who is your loyalty and your allegiance to? In my opinion, the first person is not your spouse because you pledge before God and people that you know, I love that line in in the marriage vows. And it's not in all of them, but it's in a lot of them. It says, "Forsaking all others, keeping only to Him or keeping only to her." And I think <laughs> that that becomes uh, really important when it comes down to having to make those choices, whether it's your family or your best friends or a job or even your kids. Because and we'll talk more about that in, in episodes to come. But really, what does it look like to forsake all others and keep only two? And some people probably listening right now like, yeah, that's why I'm not going to say that. Or that's why I didn't say that in my vows. But just really thinking about what that looks like to make your spouse the first one. So that way, when people talk about relationship goals, that is actually true and valid. Like, no, I do want a relationship like that. Right. Where there's complete safety and complete trust and all of that. And so, you know, we could go a thousand different directions with this topic, but we're running out of time. So <laughs> what's your one-liner takeaway? What do you want the people to remember from this conversation? Hmm. Adapt. Okay. That's all. <laughs> Adapt, listen, learn, open up, and don't be afraid to be the safe space. Yeah, I think that that last one right there. Open up and don't be afraid to be that safe space. I think that's probably would be the most important because if that is taken care of, uh-huh. usually everything else will fall into place. Yeah. I think my takeaway or my one-liner would be, you know, first, well, two-liners. First of all, relationship goals probably don't exist because even what you see on a picture or in the snapshot of an interaction is just that. It's a snapshot. Mm-hmm. You don't know. And anybody who knows me knows I go through great lengths to put on my makeup and make sure it's good still when the picture <laughs> um, goes up. So people do a lot of making up. People do a lot of dressing up and what you're looking at thinking like this is the ideal situation. You never know what it looks like behind closed doors. Right. So, you know, I think if our marriage is something that people do aspire to that's flattering and it may not be realistic because what works for me may not work for you what works for you know you may not work for them so when you think about relationship goals just remember more often than not it's a hashtag not a reality well thanks for listening see you guys next time take care